Welcome to Upstage Downstage with him, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And him, Stephen Reed, typically seated in the cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked, and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat, and, and let's raise, raise that, that curtain. curtain. On today's episode, we will be discussing The Verdict. We saw this production at Nottingham Theatre Royal on the 25th of February 2023. Written by Barry Reed and adapted by Margaret May Hobbs, the powerful best-selling courtroom thriller that inspired a multi-academy award-nominated film starring Paul Newman. This phenomenal and gripping courtroom thriller has been a huge success across the UK and Ireland. So Stephen, what's it all about? Frank Galvin is a washed-up veteran, lawyer and alcoholic. He is presented with one last chance to redeem himself when he is given an open and shut medical malpractice case that no one thinks he can win. Up against the unforgiving medical establishment, he courageously refuses an out-of-court settlement, believing it is negligence that has condemned a young mother. Smelling a cover-up, he instead takes the case and the entire legal system to court. But first, our post-show opinion! A gripping courtroom drama. A well-judged courtroom drama. So with all that said, let's set, set the scene. Richard, we're ready for another episode. Are we? I want to know what your verdict is. Oh, I like the link. He's going straight in there. Sort of. Okay, so we're setting the scene, or you are, whilst I drink my coffee. Oh, get you. Describe the set for us. Okay, well, at first we walked into... Nottingham Theatre Royal, and there was... How far back are we going? I mean, you might as well describe what it was like parking, or maybe coming to my house. Well, somebody had nicked my space in the car park, so, I mean, it was a bit, little bit disappointing when I got there. Yes, they did. How rude. Anyway, we got in... The, we sat down, we took our seats, took them somewhere. We were in the balcony, but we uh, the curtains were shut when we got in there, and I thought we were going to start with just a... a Curtain down production, but then all of a sudden, slowly the curtain curtains... down production. Like we'll just watch them perform behind the curtain, and we don't actually see what they do. We just stare at the safety curtain. And there and just, we are, and we just assume that they're performing backstage. It's like an audio drama, a theatre in audio. As we arrive, they told you to shut your eyes and just imagine, shut. just use your mind. And then the archers came on, and that was that. Come on now, we're digressing. Let's go back to uh, setting the scene. Just let, let's not just tell the audience of what it was like when we minced on in. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they know that we can actually sit down and take to our seats without having to describe the situation. Yeah. So the curtain came up as a, as a bit of a preset where you'd basically got a backdrop of what looked like a snow scene in a park and a pub off to stage left and what looked like a, a typical American lawyer's office on stage right. And it was set in the 80s. And set in the 80s, yeah. Oh, it's actually 70s, 76. No, because it, it was, was late um, 70s. It was four, four years, years previous, so it's, eight, so it's eight, 1980. Yeah, so like just on the So I was over. correct. Yeah, you were. Thank All right, you. this time. <laughs> so really, it did look a lot of... It was quite a mix of 70s, 80s, so it was, it was very early 80s, so a lot of things in the 70s crossed over at that period you wouldn't just initially have it wouldn't be new romantics and stuff like that it was very typically just, it's just describe the office you don't have to sort of dig your way out of the fact that you you could have been right it's 1980 in the office when the curtains came up jason morells who plays frank galvin was actually under the desk 
I think it was to show that he'd been drinking quite a bit and he fell asleep in his own oh, office overnight. Oh, I thought overnight. he was changing the oil. Yeah, I thought he looked like he was under a car, <laughs> to be fair. Because yeah. it was it was definitely under his desk. He was changing when, a spark plug. And he proceeded to get changed and walk out the room. I got a bit excited. I thought he was getting undressed, but yeah. no, he was actually getting dressed. At but this he was point, Stephen already. was a little bit fixed on the set. It was, it was transfixed, I think. There was quite a lot of focus on what was happening. I, I couldn't, couldn't wait to see how this turned out. So yeah, so he he was basically on stage from the the minute it was production began. This is while we oh were at least all, five minutes yeah, before five minutes before was, yeah. he was moving about yeah so um, moving about milling about and then there wasn't rolling really a, about he was, yeah he did roll about wiggling about yeah this production started when the house lights went down and all that happened was the lighting focus went onto that side of stage really throughout the play the first act moved about through different scenes yeah it, was... it then went to Meehan's bar and then it went to a hospital ward and then a boardroom well it went to different locations throughout the production because that's pretty much the... but on stage yeah. it was the bar the first half was almost setting up for the courtroom that we saw in the second half so yeah it was setting up the storyline to build up to that courtroom affair really it was collecting all the evidence and yeah. setting up the characters and it was simply done by were going to do. sort of dropping in a flat that basically had the back of, say, a boardroom, or they just changed the lighting to just focus on one chair to make it look like the actual hospital ward. Because and use sound, yeah, they sound use sound effects as well to do that as well. And then yeah, they they just cha- literally changed the lighting state from one side of the stage to the other for the bar scene. So the bar was a typical American Irish bar where it was the the hub of the area. People would go into mm-hmm. that as their part of the end of the days the working days all the time so that was that's what it was showing so little brief snippets of each scene and then as we said in the second act it was full-on courtroom yeah there was one little momentary drop down tab which was a hospital cafe or, or something yeah like that yeah yeah there that, was. that was just one little brief scene that but was it, just to um, advance the story in the second half wasn't it really? yeah for characters that weren't in yeah. the courtroom yeah and i suppose the, the main focus on this first half was the lawyer's office, office. The this the lawyer's office really in the sense of you had a lot of the characters enter through that door to mm. to meet some of the people that you'd see later on throughout the production really yes his old law firm partner yeah, and the also bishop, the, and the woman the old lady that was the, the grandma plaintiff, of wasn't the, she? yeah she was the plaintiff yeah, yeah definitely it was very simply two flats that made that office there were it was quite elaborately made. There were, you could just see the choice it bits of the, the second, the second level, floor, yeah. which I thought was quite interesting yeah, how they did that because normally you would probably just stop at the, yeah. that room. Yeah. But I, I think they probably did that in a way to utilise the space for any other theatre. And I suppose it was to show that a lot of the these offices of the office were part box. of a lot more of a bigger, bigger office space than just that one place. Really. Yeah, and it worked because... Yeah. It certainly made it interesting because even on the floor of the second level, even though it was cut away, there was just a newspaper and a telephone which was just on the floor. And even above the bar, there was windows out into the Mm. outside world. So you got this sort of idea that there was all the world out there, really, a little bit. And I think most attention had been spent on the office set as a whole. I think so, yes. With it looking aged, it looked well used, it looked like it had been there a while and I think that's that's important for something like this where it looked tired but tired in the right way. It looked like it was meant to have been lived in almost because that was his life. And incidentally, the colours that they used was very much 
plain and yeah. dark and dingy and murky as yeah. with the courtroom yes, later definitely. on. I don't think there was anything too flash or bright no, or no, anything no. snazzy or anything no, like these, that. No, these were set pieces and you knew exactly where you were in each scene, really. I think that was key to this. It definitely depicted the late 70s yeah. then, Richard, and 1980s. I felt that the actual office could have been a little bit better had it been turned slightly inwards. Yes. So it was more of an angle rather than yeah, it being like an L shape yeah. on the stage. Yeah, because the entrances were all very to one side and not mm. towards the audience. It was across. Yeah, it could have been angled in slightly more. Yeah. So that's the staging. Let's talk yeah. about the directing now. I felt that the direction of it was quite traditional and the transitions between each scene were executed extremely well and slightly classic, but when somebody moved a piece of furniture to one side, it wasn't completely taken away. It was done in small little bits. So quite it subtle. It, yeah, it's it. subtle, but it didn't take away from the next scene and it didn't hold up the pacing at all. No. Because they did it in small little chunks. And it was slightly old school in um, the way they did it. Yeah, definitely. I could tell that they took the direction almost from the script, as in the movements from the entrances, the exits. Mm. Those, so you could tell it was something that had been possibly written down in the script. Such and such moves here. Such and such moves there. This happens, that happens. It was very, felt very technical, and that's probably the best way to say it. It was a, everything happened as it should, you know, and I think there was nice subtleties where they moved pieces and one area became the next. So one of the bar tables would become a table that was used in a, in a dinner restaurant, scene. restaurant scene, and but it was moved away from that area. But then it was simply put back and you wouldn't have known that that was moved even, really. Yes, and even the case of the soup, whilst he was eating the soup in the restaurant, the table and chairs got moved to one side, so it joined the bar area and the soup ended up being moved slightly on the table, but it could equally have been somebody else as a customer eating there. And so the barman cleared that away bit by bit and moved it on to the bar however nothing was taken off straight away it was no. always moved around little by little so there was always able to do something in the next scene with it yeah so they weren't bringing out any more props i'd also say this production it, it doesn't suffer at the hands of awkward blocking either no whenever ever the characters spoke they did it with conviction and intention yeah they didn't just pace around and move from one corner of the room to the other just to say a line and then back again yeah exactly it was very natural and there was no moments where they acted to the audience i felt that they only acted there was some to, bits there, yeah but i think that was more when it was almost like there was that meant was to be an audience or a jury well that's it, when you know. the audience became the jury in the second yeah. act that's when it happened but they didn't break it until that point and i think that was quite good because you can certain drama or things they can easily play up to the audience and I don't think there was a lot of that it was done in the right way I think a lot of it was done in the right way with all the best intentions yes, it when was, it came yeah. to the directing of it and also I'd say with the writing of it yeah. to use the audience in such a way is using it and knowing when to use it yeah, exactly. and how often to use it yeah. and that's that's key because you don't want to keep egging it do no, you? No of course not no and that's the key point of this really I think but you could tell that there was like you said earlier the traditional element to this Mm. It did feel very similar to a sort of 90s style of performance, probably 80s style of performance, really. 
it, it it felt in that era in the type of production it was you could tell that it was almost done without the technical ability of what we can do now or say the staging options that we can do now because a lot of things had been de- like moving sets and things like that have been developed since this type of production so it's not evolved with the times it feels very of its time and time period in the traditional absolutely methods, and i think know. that's down to the length of the scenes and the blocking of the yes. scenes and yeah. how they um, are structured. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Because as you say, if this was a new piece, then you'd have quite small scenes and yes. everyone will be going in and out of scene. Like, I suppose we can look back at Red Ellen. Yeah. We can look back at the beekeeper of Aleppo. Definitely. Very small, yeah. succinct scenes, but the transitions were so quick yes, that exactly. it moved those stories along, whereas Both. this one was very static, very structured, very specific. And I dare say within the writing, it was very detailed, heavy. And, and this is where I'm going with the way how it's written in the script. It, there'd be like a lot of blackouts written in the scripts and a lot of things mm. where it's like blackout here, change set, blackout there, change set, bring lights back up. And, and that's how a lot of old scripts were written that maybe there's a lot of time that you can shorten with that. Oh, definitely. You know, this I've seen productions. It's like the, just another one to mention. I saw Tommy that was done by a company and that was a musical that was fast-paced, but they made it even faster by all the scene changes happening in front of you by the whole cast moving the whole set round while you were watching it. And it's it's those things that have maybe updated some productions, whereas this has stayed very much feels like it's not progressed it's, you know and whether else. that's a stylistic choice the verdict's out on that one the verdict is out <laughs> on that one i don't know but like i said to you and i think you kind of agreed at the time it does come across a slight amateurish in style yeah none of this was amateurish no, in any no, way so don't get me wrong there but this. not just that it's almost this is how you do it if you had a limited budget Absolutely. because sometimes this is the traditional type of theater where you haven't got the options to do all the technical things you can do. Well, it's like what you've always theater. said, it's lights up, lights down theatre. Yeah, yeah it is. And that's it exactly is. what this has been. It is, yeah, definitely. And that's where this definitely sits in that era. Not to say it's not a good production, it's just that's when you look at the direction of it, you can tell that there's been a lot of take from how the script's written. Mm. So It was quite interesting as well to see that it was an ensemble piece and how the characters in the background were constantly acting. Yes, they never stopped for a moment, no, which didn't. was really good. And I can remember in one scene, Frank was speaking to Donna St. Lauren in the bar. Yeah. And I was quite mesmerised at the fact that there was a couple of people, background yeah. artists at the back, playing cards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was trying to work out what kind of game they were playing. Yeah. And for me, that's when they hit the note right, when you start seeing those other people and they're actually doing something, not just there. Because mm. it's very easy to just be there saying, and saying banana, yeah, bananas, 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 bananas. But it doesn't work if you're actually in the moment and actually filling those we, spaces. Do you know what? I think we ought to be background artists because we can go around going, upstage, downstage, upstage, downstage, yeah. upstage, downstage. Yeah, exactly. You That'll know? Work, work really yeah. well. I say rhubarb, you say bananas, Is and it? before you know it's upstage, downstage. Exactly. There yeah. we go. So it was quite interesting. Not to say that just because I was concentrating on working out what they were playing, yeah, exactly. I wasn't paying attention. I think it's because this is dialogue heavy that there's not a great deal of action. There's no, not a great deal of movement. There isn't. It's because it's word heavy, you you listen to it, and you can listen to it like an audio drum. Perhaps they probably should have closed the curtains. And in a way, <laughs> we could I mean, personally, I don't know. Well, you nodded uh, off to be fair yeah that almost. was probably because i had a heavy night the night before uh, but i mm-hmm. think it's not just that 
I think I'd be interested to see what would happen if you did this as a bare stage production because I still think the words would hold it up with minimal props and minimal tables and the, chairs. The thing and is, with that, it'd be interesting to see how they did it. That's all I, I'm saying. I, you know, I think a lot of people would probably fall asleep. Maybe, yeah, maybe because you need to be visually stimulated. Yeah. If it was just done as an audio drama, you can you've got time to pause it or whatever. But if you're sat in a theatre and it's just bare stage and they're improvising with nothing else, it. I, I just have a feeling it will be extremely difficult. Yeah, exactly. But I thankfully, mean, we're not discussing that. There's one thing I would like to question at this point is what the backdrop that was used behind the actual pub scene. Choices. Yeah, there was a lot of choices, as in it was quite confusing to me because it is the scene of an outdoor, like Central Park style park with snow and trees and streetlights that are on because the streetlights are lit but it felt a little bit off as in there was no side of the bar to put a window there to sh- to look outside it was just the edge of the bar and the tables and chairs were right up next to the actual image of the outside world and it just felt a little bit confusing to me i can see why they needed it behind maybe the office, the office window yes. when you open the window you'd see the scene through it but it just looked a little bit off I kind of agree. I think had they have joined up the office set with the bar set, yeah. just by another simple... Just another flat with a window in yeah, it or something. Yeah, another, to... another flat with a door and a window, then that, that background would have been fine. Yeah, it's like it's but missing a whole just flat didn't have the budget with to the do bar another... entrance door, yeah. isn't it? Like the stained glass bar door or something that would have made it feel more complete, I think. That would have, you know, worked well. Yes, and to well. fill in a little gap, there was a, yeah. a table and chair... Yeah. Sat bang in the middle. And when he entered the bar, he just walked out from behind the flat. I mean, the only thing I say, maybe they did have that flat and maybe it wouldn't fit on the stage. However, you know, it could have, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's quite spacious in the theatre. I don't know. Probably got woodworm or something. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I understand it. It was a slight odd one, but it never really affected me as it probably oh, no, affected it didn't you. Affect the, I suppose, I suppose I it was just... I think you might have been triggered. I think I was just triggered because it was a little just it just confused it. It confused your fragile little mind. You got triggered yeah, and you just fell asleep. Yeah, not for long though. I still heard the production. My eyes might have wandered, you know. No, because everyone started laughing and you started joining in and that woke you up. I don't even think you understood the joke. You were just laughing as in, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm awake. The second half was a bit more spicy. Yes, I agree. It picked up the energy, and because it was set in the one courtroom, that I guess, in a way, you were waiting for that moment. You were waiting to get into the the nitty-gritty of the courtroom drama, because at the end of the day, I think a lot of people do like... The arguments, the back it's and the forth, who done it, the, the who does what, and the drama, yeah, behind and, and the it debating, and, and the, the questioning of people. You know, we yeah. we're quite a inquisitive species, and we do I want to know and get the popcorn to the moment of, of watching the the fight happen. Almost, it's like you well, know, it is in a way. You know, it's it's that it's like like here we go, off we go now. Like we've, mm. we've seen it all bubbling in the first half. Now it's time to. And I do wonder if we needed a lot of the information in the first half because I can't remember much. That was transferred no. over. And I do feel that in the first half, it was a little long-winded to set a lot of stuff up. Yes. There was a lot of setting up of the wife. Yeah, there but was. But there wasn't much really into all of that. There was a lot of other things going on which escaped my attention. Well, you saw the, the co- glimpse of them rehearsing the the sort of the, those against the actual... Mm. The, the, to go into court, you saw those rehearsing 
like, what they were going to say. What they were going to say. That's and valid. That I get valid. that because that. that's um, that's the defense, isn't yeah, exactly. it? Is it yeah, the defense yeah, yeah. team. Yeah, it is the defense. Yeah, Plantive and the defense. Yeah, defense. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I thought that was a good touch to sort and of balance. Show, show up the balance. Yeah. You know, I tell you what sides. really um, got me was when Mrs. McDade entered the office to uh, see Frank. Yeah, Galvin, and she had one line which really got to me. He just refused the three hundred thousand dollar settlement yeah. because he was going to take As a this distraction, to basically. Yeah, yeah, because he knew he wanted to do it, and she turned around and just pleaded with him because she was really angry and she slapped him and she said, and I quote, "I don't want revenge. I just want to pay my bills." And I thought that's actually quite interesting because it also opens up the subject of morals and the ethical dilemmas and the fact that he's doing it, is it out of ego that he wants to do it? Because he's won that case and he's overthrown the the establishment almost. But he's taking a big risk because if all she wants to do is take that money and pay for the medical treatment for her daughter... Yeah, and look after the grandchildren, you know. And it's one of those where there's more to it than just the person who's wanting to have... Of course, yeah. Not seek revenge, but justice. Yeah. And so a lot of it is about the ego of the the lawyer not just seeking justice and wanting the truth to will out but how far are you willing to go are you willing to risk the money or the payout of the settlement when it could all go yeah, wrong and then also it's the public attention of doing it as well isn't it i think that's that's part of it it's almost like this would if it went through would cause a lot of problems within that that area as well i think it was from that moment on where a lot more twists and turns started building up layer by layer bit by bit yeah But I think, you know, when you move to the second half, you almost realise, I suppose, because there were so many scenes in the first half, that maybe slowed it down for keeping people's attention because there was a little bit of a delay between each scene. So it was, you know, when you got the courtroom scene, it did feel like a pressure cooker. And, oh, do you, you mean know, when they adjourned? Yeah, and, yeah well, they just but it was less... time periods. It was because you didn't... You skipped time periods, but you still felt quite intense in one room. Do you know why? It's because, it is in se- yeah. because it's set in one room. Yeah, exactly. And and all the, the accusations and the questionings going yeah. on, you're more fixed on yes. the outcome and the drama that's you're following occurring. It so much more as well. Exactly. And, and when you've got a series of long scenes, our attention span these days aren't that good anymore. No, they're not. Um, I don't mean to tar everyone with that brush, no, no, but no, no. You, you know when you watch a normal TV programme, they barely have a scene or yeah, exactly. a camera lens on someone for longer than 30 seconds. Yeah, it's the... cut, 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 cut yeah. all the time. And if you look at the old TV shows, they were shot yeah. like stage plays and you yeah. could retain your focus. Yeah, I suppose we're so used to taking in so much more information now and we have it in our hands in a device all the time that you're almost overstimulated was, yeah Your and brain's you were getting to the point where you almost felt like in the first half yeah just get to the point yeah just get to the point because we know where it's going just come on you just, know just no, give no, me the goods yeah now. give, give me, me the, the goods now, just I'm get quite, me to the court scene and i think that's quite interesting to point out because that's how the world has changed and i think mm. that's the thing but but since the 80s there have been so many courtroom cases or dramas where in real life everyone was all agog with the uh, yeah. jay simpson one in the whereas 90s. maybe the verdict in the 80s was shocking or when this production was written whereas now because there's so many other shocking courtroom cases that have gone through you 
you know, I think that's the other thing. It's like it's very difficult to shock an audience now a little bit, you know, because you're almost you're almost sanitized to it a little bit. But everyone is always out for the hero to prevail over yes. the people who are trying to con people or twist things or even just claim that they didn't do it. Yeah, or... it's like a Robin Hood syndrome, isn't it? It's like like oh, it's, it's like wanting somebody to to win and you know we just want people to have their comeuppance if they deserve yeah, it exactly I think that's what it yeah, is yeah. isn't it and just actually get the justice i suppose one thing i'm going to mention about the second half is the uh, courtroom scene do you feel the wood effect was a little slapdash just because it was very did you feel it was like pantomime wood it, it did yes. feel like pantomime i think that was my struggle i a thought set it, done you on know, the cheap. i think it, yeah it felt like a set done on the cheap or they've there's a set for the verdict from a long time ago that we've just brought out of the wood out of the store i rented a house with the floorboards like that in the kitchen yeah i mean i didn't mind the floorboards because they felt more like real wood than the actual set i mean for me really they looked more like wood than the actual seed the stage in itself i think if if they'd have painted it say a dark vinyl flooring if it was more of a darker mahogany you could have got away with just having it as dark mahogany wood to make it look richer. This actually just felt, it almost cheapened it. It looked more like the OK Corral in the, the wood <laughs> style from a two Ronnie sketch than it did a courtroom. And I think I'll, I'll that's I'll say my, carry on. Yeah, it was more carry on courtroom, which that was just a little thing that grated on me when it, it would have enhanced the courtroom scene even more if... Would it? Would, yeah, it would. would. It? it would have. It would, would it? It would, would, yeah. I would don't you think believe Edward it? Would, would was there. But no, I think that just that was just one of my comments that I just felt that that let it down in just the aesthetics of it because I think it, it made it feel more almost cartoon style rather than an actual courtroom. And I think that's the whole point of a courtroom. It's got to be imposing and scary a little bit, you know. But if you've got the budget of Crossroads and, you know, this isn't exactly. a West End thing, is it? No, but, you know, that for me doesn't don't take that as that the production was, was not good. I think it's just something that could have made it better. Yeah, I, I agree. I wasn't particularly fussed about the ward. I was trying to work out how they painted it. They got a rag out and smeared it, smeared brown paint on top of orange mm. and it just looks a little... And I think at one point I was thinking, if ever I needed to build a set door, how would I do that? And I'd paint it like that. You wouldn't, because I wouldn't let you. You probably wouldn't, no. Well, you can I wouldn't. You can do it. I'll do it, yeah. I would let you do that. That's fine. And you would, of course. (laughs) What I would say, which I've... (laughs) Would you? (laughs) I would. What I shall say, (laughs) that I've sort of missed and forgot to say this about, um, not the acting, but the writing in it, it was quite interesting to note that at the very end of it, even the people that lost, the moral of the story is, in a way, from the Pope, Yes. was, leave it now, bishop. just leave it. Yeah, uh, yeah, the bishop, not the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> say, he's been on a long journey to get to the... To, to in the road. third act, the Pope comes in in a mobility scooter made of wood. Yeah, with a glass screen. <laughs> yes, it's like the Flintstones... Yeah. Pope Mobile. Yeah. Oh dear. But the the moral was that the bishop yeah. says just leave it now. They as a church, they've got to sort this out themselves yes. and repay themselves yeah. for the damage that's been caused. And I thought that's quite a nice moral. Th- yeah. Because there's no at the end of the day, even though uh it's been settled yes. with the payment, because the other side they were trying to riddle out of it yeah, and exactly. try and get a, a, it to come back in and, and 
stuff it just shows that sometimes to win is to lose yeah exactly and i think it was very good to tie up the loose ends because we always talk about these productions that don't Mm. necessarily look at the aftermath and and i think sometimes that's important to see that there is two sides to a story and just to tie it up in the way they did i thought was really clever really it wasn't it was done nicely it was done right it also showed the ethical side of not just the medical side of things but the religious side of things as well yeah it was more down to the moral compass between the religious the medical yeah and where you stand and almost the rich as well because you know you've got the the defense suggesting that they could reduce the payout get Mm. the best and and it was almost the greed very slimy the very the greed and the slime of protecting those that are at fault but almost allowing them to, them, them to re-offend in a way in a way it was, it's about yeah. covering themselves yeah. that's why the moral of the story for when the bishop comes back in yeah say no is sometimes it's best just to take what you've been served yeah and deal with it and, and i think you know you see you know this has obviously been written on based on research of things that have happened and maybe still happening in different ways and different guises but this is showing that even though something's bad's happened they want to shift blame or mm. not take responsibility for their actions and not i think this is you know that still happens now and it's very reflective that well, but you know in, sometimes good wins but how many times has bad one you mm. don't realize that this is one case and this shows highlights one area mm. but you know it, it's it's still very relevant and i think that's that's important it's interesting yeah particularly when it comes to incidences yes. of a medical situation yeah exactly shall we say it's the defense almost trying to make the witness that to break her down to actually almost lie on the podium when she was telling the truth just to get their own way and i know that's their aim well you know. like they said they've been yeah, bought exactly to make the case weak but yeah because in a lot of people's eyes and this you know money fixes everything and mm. in some cases it does because people use their ability to pay their way shall we say to actually influence things mm. and change things and, and i think that this highlighted that as well moving on to our next segment as we say we're here, here for, for the, the drama. drama i would like to point out that they all gave various degrees of accents American accents, Irish accents, because it was set also in an Irish bar. And I felt that the dialogue were clear. Well, all the dialogues were clear, well projected. And also, it was well projected through all those accents. Yeah. So we were definitely in an area of America where it would be dominated by Irish. It was that sort of Mm, area, wasn't it? I mean, it was a cast of 15 for this one. It was, yeah. They just seemed to multiply with each scene, just keep coming out of the woodworks. But they all gave individually strong performances throughout. They never broke character. They were consistent in their delivery. They really were. all the nuances of how they moved or held props, everything was just right. Do I mean that? Everything was right. Yeah, I think um, there was a couple of times I did notice that um, Mo Katz, I think, stumbled on his words a few times. There was just a few moments in that he did. Yes, he did. You could tell that you wouldn't have noticed if you've not done That was in the first... uh, uh, um, That was in the first act. Yeah, it was. There was a few moments where he didn't, he didn't, he stumbled and recovered. He didn't lose his track. It's just yes, I it, knew it, that there was a yeah no. Few it pacing was noticeable, issues. as did Jason Mel's stumble yes. in the courtroom thing. Definitely, he's, 
Yeah. Um, you just started with the wrong word. Yeah, or... they were subtle. He got, you know, they got back on the track and it was fine. But I think... But in just... nature, I mean, look how we're conversing now. Of, yeah, it's, exactly. It's a struggle. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I suppose it was just... And there was a few times where his, where Vincent's volume dropped a little because I think the microphones were across the front of the stage. And mm. I think there was just some times when he didn't maybe project as much as others... So some of the dialogue was maybe lost at that point. Not much, but it was just it was a little bit more noticeable from him because most people did throw their throw their voices very well. Yes, I would say where we were in the upper circle, I could hear everything. However, there were moments I must agree, agree there that certain aspects did drop, and the the guy playing the barman, yeah, his um, dropped simply because we were sat on one side of the dress circle that we could barely see the bar anyway. Yeah. So if all you've got is the the audio over the vocals, then, you know, it, it can be a little bit difficult. I think what wouldn't have helped the barman as well is because when he's behind the bar, mm. he's further away from the microphones that are only at the front. There's four, yeah. like, pickup mics at the front. So he was restricted to where he would have to project quite a lot, where it could almost sound like shouting. So it's really, it was getting the fine balance, I think, as well for him. That's mm. why, you know, that wouldn't have helped from that perspective as well. They could put microphones in the pumps. Yeah, they could, yeah. They could be pulling a pint and speaking, speaking into the microphone. So they pull into the neck, a bit like yeah. karaoke. Oh, I think that would be quite fun. Yeah. Do we have anything else to say on the acting? Any shout-outs? I think, for me, the ensemble cast were really good at just playing their part when it's a big cast. It's very easy for people to fall into a habit of relying on the main core cast to actually hold the production and i did think that this lent itself very well to the whole cast actually getting involved and where they were it was very much a team effort because yes this centers around frank galvin and his journey i'm going to use it once but i think that the rest of the cast helped and you could tell they were all involved in doing the scene changes the set changes the little bits they needed because some of them didn't really have major parts but the parts they played were right and the parts they played were the you know, you can't have a courtroom full of people if you haven't got the people. Mm. And but everybody's got to react when things happen, and that that was important, I think, as well from from the, yeah. the way it was done. Well, again, what I'm going to say goes down to the detailed bits of the actors performing. But in the court scene, there was a lady who was doing the notes, and she was tapping away constantly on yeah. this little ticker tape sort of. A, yeah, no, it was no, a proper like t- 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 uh, it was a it was a shorthand machine. That's you know, what. Yeah, old, that's what it is. Yeah, and that, that was machine. constantly churning out stuff. All it the it time. did make me. I was quite fixed on it because I've got a mm. feeling there was a circular bit of paper in there. I thought Cause so because it was, wasn't like I didn't. I was watching. Pile. Uh, no, I was going to. I was just. Uh, I was like, that's really clever because it gives you the movement. Yeah, but it's just a piece of papers going round in circles. Yeah, yeah. I was quite pleased about that because we weren't want to be wasting that much paper on the, on the production, but you know, mm. it was a small touch. I was trying to work out if the role went back in again, you know, but that was <laughs> uh, that was an non-speaking part, and mm. she was in it. You could tell she was being that. And tightest, also the you know? the mother, she yeah. was sat at the back. She had no, she had nothing to say in the second no. act, but she was reacting. She was crying. She yeah. was sobbing. She was pouring her heart shocked, out. Being shocked when she was things re- happened. And, exactly, you know. and even the person who, or the doctor, I should say, yeah. who caused the issue in the first place yeah. he was getting riled up and he was reacting yeah, to definitely. what was being said and everything yeah like a proper courtroom drama so it was just intense acting yes by all of them they were all dedicated to the text and the story and their characters they really were yeah they really wanted to make it feel 
like it was a real case and the pace was it was spot on really because when you've got so many people on stage doing that to make it feel intense and like a drama where little things for me is when they made the witnesses give the oath and stuff like that mm. it had to be consistent because All it would details. have been consistent yes. it would you know the guy at the back that dealt with the evidence because we're talking of a courtroom in the 80s when they didn't use computers with they had physical evidence on the table and all he did was make sure it was lined up and he kept lining it up when it was moved it was still put in the order that it was meant to be and then the only really words he used was when he adjourned court and he announced he did the announcements at the door and opened the door and things like that all those things then make it feel more real as a courtroom i mean one thing i, I mean quite honestly i found the judge really good because he you know, he held it. This whole second act, it improved a great deal because it allowed itself to have a lot more energy in terms of the comedy as well. Yeah, it did. And the judge provided a lot of the comedy. Yeah. Not stupidly, not out of purpose, but no. everything was in character. And I think it more than made up for the slow the slow burn of the first Definitely. act and the yeah. setup. I mean, we're going back to the writing now, but the whole play was cleverly written and pieced together as well as providing some light entertainment yeah, moments. Definitely. It wasn't too heavy and dramatic all the time, even though no. it was a drama. It had nice comic elements to it. And like you say, the judge did provide great characteristics yeah. in that. As did, I suppose, when they were interviewing the nurse. And and this turned into more like a constant twist yes. all the time. She had the backup of the original documents. But that was but a, she had a different version, the original version, and so you then saw that it had been tampered with. Yeah, I think for me as well, that point, it was well written to provide the actors with something that it was like a reveal to go, aha, but I've got this. It, it was a real moment of, but it was timed well, the really gasped, well. didn't they? Yeah, there was, there was vis- audible gasps, and it was proper, it was like, oh! They've got some evidence that's going to trump this. And you don't get that moment if you haven't built the audience up to Mm. that level. Mm. If you've not got them to follow it, then that would have just been flat. You know, Mm. it wouldn't have worked and it had just been a proper wet lettuce. Whereas this was, it was a proper timed in such a way that it was almost, she'd nearly finished being a witness and talking about her speech and statement and been questioned and it was only right at the last minute that she revealed there was a more evidence and it was like it couldn't have been done any better i don't think in mm. that situation and that made it more of a roller coaster courtroom scene than it just did and flat and and you wouldn't have had that if you'd have just cut straight in this yeah. is why you do need to build it up with the first act and i understand that however that could have been a bit more um as and, say, and i think bit, as bit... well with with a courtroom scene, one thing you probably happens more than we realise is even the most intense, full-on, heavy courtroom scenes, the judge may say something to almost calm the jury down or calm the whole room down or lightly put something on or be a little bit silly like we've seen just to then bring things back to order and they have to be quite experienced in how they do things as well. Moving on to our next segment as we say... What the tech is this? technical aspects of this production they used a variety of sound effects that being whenever frank was near the window or looked out of it or opened the window you heard the outside scenes and then the subtle changes in the tone of the audio when he closed the window yeah so so you knew there's a lot of road was... noise and then when he shut the window he silenced it which was you know which was quite nice and the, and... the uh, intercom 
Yes. As well. That yeah. was a little strange because it didn't sound like it was coming from the intercom, but round no. the side of the theatre, uh, which yeah, was an odd one. It, but at least I, you could hear it. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, for me, it's almost like you need it through the main front of house speakers, but you could also do with something sounding like it's coming off stage if you want to make sure everyone didn't hear it. Did it have an effect on it? It didn't have an effect. It was more like a, just a straightforward recording. It, there was no crackles. It could have done with it could just have done with a little something bit of to make it a little bit authentic mm. of the era, not much, but just the the effect of it being a an old telephone line or you know I think that would have helped. And this goes back to where we're talking about this being traditional sort of theatre technology and the sound and lighting. I would say was very of that era as well, mm. as in it felt of the a, an older production where I suppose. In the blackout, she had interludes or sound pieces or music. I was a little confused, though, because nothing seemed to gel together in the music interludes. It was all very Irish, but at certain times they used something twice or certain times they'd used it again. And it was like, have we run out of Irish tracks? I think sometimes it didn't seem coherent in one piece was used for certain parts or one piece was used for another part. It just felt a little bit like they just shuffled it. You see, sometimes I find it's better when you use a, a soundtrack of, say, Irish music and you use different parts of it for the whole piece. So everything sounds like it's using one piece of music rather than it almost it just felt a little bit disjointed and I, I just think that was just something from my technical side that I just liked to have it a little bit of con- continuity really it was lazy on the sound side because I think that it could have been done a little bit better and lighting wise I mean it was a lot of general cover there was a few spotlights here and there but there was nothing dramatically sort of stand out that that would have made it any you know any better or bigger so it was wonderfully lit. Yeah, it was. That's it a, never yeah. had any shades or brooding uh, or moody lighting at brooding all. Brooding lighting. I was gonna say, yeah, I meant like a broody atmosphere, but yeah. no, I meant moody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there was, um, just like you say, up-down lighting, basically. Yeah. yeah. But they did have in the first act the bit where he was taking a picture at the hotel, at the hospital with the woman. Yes. And they had the audio of chatter in the hospital there. Yeah. I did wonder if he went back to his house and he was watching TV and it was taking It was a little confusing that, that was bit because was. it's like it wasn't it's until hard after. to define the scene and and like you're working mm. out, wasn't it? Yeah, because I was wondering why is he taking a picture of the TV? So he was taking a picture of the TV, yeah. I thought, and then yeah. it looked like a remote control for the TV. Yeah, because yeah, he, yeah, he was stood with his hand open. And yeah, so I just thought he's going to change channel and yeah. why we're seeing this bit. Yeah, and then it wasn't until like the second scene or something where it was discovered that he wasn't watching a documentary at no. the hospital. He was actually at the hospital or something. Yeah, and he was waving the Polaroid to show Mo Katz, I think it was, to show them that the picture of the person in the hospital. Yeah, and it was. Oh, yeah, it was, was only scene, until yes. that point that we realised that's what the Polaroid was at the hospital. Yeah, but overall, I mean, you know, it worked with the production it was you know and i think that's there's nothing you know dramatically stand out shall we say also although this isn't technical i have nowhere to put this they used well they put a plant in not a typical plant they planted an actor in the front row of the audience to use as uh the main speaker of the jury it wasn't a cactus in the no it wasn't a cactus (laughs) no definitely wasn't no and that was quite interesting. It's it's good in a way that they used it to be immersive with bringing the audience, because 
Yes. Not only were they at this point in the second act talking to us as we were the jury, I got that, but yeah, using someone at the front row to speak on our behalf, yes. I thought that was quite um, inventive. But also the new evidence was passed to that lady. For her to check. For her to check, which then brought the audience closer because it was like, this is the new evidence mm. that's been brought yeah. forward and we're going to pass it to you now. And it was it did feel like it was... It was done in the right way. It wasn't overdone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't mean like it was inventive in terms of, oh, it's the very first time that's no, ever happened. Not at all. I no, just no, no. mean it was um, It was very exciting to know that we'd become part of something. Yeah, definitely. You felt like the jury rather than... Yes, just waiting for Judge Judy to turn up yeah. and uh, <laughs> finish it off. And now it's time for our Rewind Rewatch. What would you see again then, Richard? Personally, the whole courtroom scene. I was, oh, you know, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, I the think whole of Act I, Two. I'd the whole of again. Act Two straight away. I mean, you'd still need to see the start, the the first half. But for me, the most focus and the the bit where I was leaning forward was the courtroom scene. I wanted to. Well, the first act you were not enough, but yeah. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but I think you know that was, that was external factors that might have done that. Yeah. However, a poke the, and a prod later, you, know, you woke the, up. The second half. The second half, the courtroom, the intensity of it, I thought that was, you know, really good and it's memorable. I still remember it now. The second half, we moved seats, so we were a bit closer to the action yeah. as well. The first half, we had a row of young family behind us. We really did. Kicking and moving and taking the... I'm yeah. sure they were in sleeping bags. It, that's what it sounded like. They were playing with the zippers all the time, trying to get them up and off and whatever they and were doing. It was so noisy. I'm all for children going to theatre. I do think this was the wrong type of theatre for them to sit in and take note of because... You're very judgmental. I, well, I am, but I do feel that... I mean, I agree was, with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel that there was nothing exciting for children in this. I think, unless you understood the... They'd have the been best off at the booster seats the, at exactly, the front. Yeah, exactly. Far from me as possible. Yeah. There was a few Russell packets and dropped phones at, at certain points because it was quite oh, quiet. Oh, they took the you jacket know. off. It must have been a puffer jacket yeah. that sounded like a sleeping bag. And you heard the phone dropping the, down. Yeah, the flat, but it crashed straight onto the blooming floor. I suppose floor. because this production was quite... I wouldn't say it was quiet. It was just... It's got its quiet It was moments, almost... There was a lot of dialogue. You could... And you could hear a pin yes. drop. It was that sort of production. We could hear a phone drop. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and we've heard a few... Crisp packets rustled and sweet packets rustled, and you know. Well, you bought the chocolates. Yeah, it was the second half when we were fixed on the stage. You know, I wasn't fixed on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> you just want us on the stage to say up to the stage. I do, yeah. Rebob, rebob. You know, when she ripped that thing up, I should have just thrown a load of cards. You know, you could have done. Off. Yes, we got shouted off. We got paper cuts. People mm-hmm. complaining. So there we are. Moving on to our final segment, as we say, call this a show. Richard, can you give me your scores, please, for the verdict? On a scale of one to ten, with ten being a positive verdict and one being in contempt of court. What's it going to be? I'm going to give this a seven out of ten because I feel that it was a strong performance. I just think the pace in the first half may have just slowed it down a bit, but I, you know, I did enjoy it. I'd say this is a six f- from from me. It was gripping in the second half. It was a little slow on the upstart. And it wasn't quite there, but it was a good, solid piece of drama. Yeah. The acting, like you say, it was... Well, like I've said as well, the, the acting was superb. It was strong. The, the writing, it was intelligent. It was good. 
it just it just lacked a little bit more dynamic pacing yeah for me um but a, a solid nice round six yeah i get that so what sound effect will you be choosing from the following a complete train wreck tumbleweed an audible shrug of the shoulders uh-huh. a slow clap a pleasant applause or a standing ovation what will it be I'll give this a pleasant applause. And you know what? I'm going to have to do it. So there we are. That's our discussion of the verdict. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing my trip to the West End covering a variety of shows such as Lemons, 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 Sylvia and My Sons Are Queer. If you'd like to get in touch, email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. You can always join in the chat to share with us your views of a production. Also, make sure to follow, share, like and subscribe to all our channels so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. When the curtains came up, Jason was actually. No, under not them the curtains deck. again. Well, be here all day with them curtains. I'm parting the curtains. What can I say? <laughs> parting the curtains. <laughs> what are you gonna do after you've parted the curtains? Oh, I, I'm just gonna have to look. I'm just, I'm having a sip of coffee. This is just ridiculous now. Parting the curtains. Anyway. Parting away from me in a minute.